1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. A lot of player movement going on at the 40 acres right now. Let's talk about it. You are locked on Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: Locked on Longhorns, the show. Jonathan Davis, your host. Today's episode of Locked on Longhorns is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to get started. On today's episode of Locked on Longhorns, we are talking about all the player movement at the 40 Acres. This week we learned that three Texas football players plan to enter the transfer portal. We discussed that. Since the interim tag has been removed from Ronnie Terry's job title, we have seen five players from the Texas basketball team declare to leave the program, whether that be via the transfer portal the nba draft or decommitting to go play professional basketball in australia so we talk about that and last but not least the texas baseball team starts a weekend series tonight against the baylor bears we discuss all of that and more on today's episode of locked on the longhorns part of the lockdown podcast network your team every day So let's start with Steve Sarkeesian, our head coach, the leader and the face of this Texas football program. And this week he did an interview on The Pivot. I know a lot of Texas fans have seen it already. It's a really good interview. Uh, The Pivot is hosted by Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor and Channing Crowder. And they do a really good job of highlighting people in the sports space, whether that's athletes, former athletes, coaches, GMs, owners, journalists, you name it. Right. They do a really good job. And Steve Sarkeesian was on this week and he did an amazing job. Of highlighting the university of texas and what we have to offer but also talking about his growth and development as a man and as a football coach and how his previous experiences with the atlanta falcons at usc at washington and at alabama prepared him for the opportunity he has today to be the head coach of this texas football program right one of the most prestigious universities in the country at the university of texas he is leading their football program he talked about how you know his trials and tribulations fighting demons fighting alcoholism forced him to look in the mirror and be better, right? Be better as a person, be better as a partner, right? Be better as a father, right? It, forced him to look himself in the mirror and make improvements. And without those improvements, he would not be here today as the head coach at the University of Texas. And, you know, you could say what you want about the 13 and 12 record at the University of Texas. I know it's not a lot to write home about, but every time I hear Steve Sarkeesian talk and this interview was no different, it reminds me that he's the type of person that you want to root for. And he's the type of person that you want leading This University of Texas football program. And one of the main points of conversation in this interview between Steve Sarkeesian and the pivot was the transfer portal in NIL and how much that has changed the current landscape of college football. They asked him the question, how do you manage your roster with NIL and the transfer portal being so prevalent in the decision making in today's landscape of college football? Right. Especially when you have players using the transfer portal as leverage to possibly get more NIL from their respective universities. We've seen instances of that at the 40 acres under Steve Sarkeesian and Sark answered the question, basically saying, you know, it's hard to tell whether the transfer portal and NIL are good for college football or whether it's bad for college football. But one thing he learned under the goat, Nick Saban at Alabama is adapt or die, not just in football, but in life, adapt or die. And I could be corny. I thought this was such a bar, but he said there's a reason dinosaurs are no longer on the earth. Right. Adapt or die. The coaches that are winning in college football today are adapting to the transfer portal. They're adapting to NIL and they are doing it well. And I think in two years at the University of Texas, you can say that Steve Sarkeesian has adapted and navigated the transfer portal in NIL really well. Because when you look at the players we brought into We brought into the program from the transfer portal compared to the players we've lost. I think that's a net positive, right? We've brought in players in the transfer portal like Quinn Ewers that changed the trajectory of your program. We've lost some talented players to the portal, but we have not lost a player yet that I felt like really moved the needle in terms of wins and losses at the University of Texas. And then when you talk about NIL, you have to manage NIL in terms of the transfer portal. You have to manage NIL in terms of your current roster and you have to manage NIL in terms of your recruiting classes. And when you look at the recruiting classes, the last two years, they've both been top five and nothing gives me the inkling or the thought process that that wouldn't continue in the future. So, like I said, I think Steve Sarkeesian has done a really good job of adapting and navigating NIL and the transfer portal in terms of building this roster, one of the best rosters we've seen in a while at the 40 acres and one thing I think that helps Steve Sarkeesian and his staff, one thing that he mentioned on the interview is that they have a rule at the university of Texas. If you enter the transfer portal, best of luck to you, but you're not coming back. We're not playing that game, right? We have a lot to offer here at the 40 Acres. It is a privilege to wear that burnt orange and white. It is a privilege to go out there and play with Texas across your chest, and that's a privilege that will not be entrusted to the timid or the weak. So if you want to have a conversation, we'll have a a long, honest conversation about what you need to do, what needs to be developed for you to get playing time here at the 40 Acres. But if you decide to enter the transfer portal after that like I said, best of luck to you, but you will not be coming back here to play football. And that maybe be the reason why we saw players like Jade Barron and Xavier Worthy flirt with the portal, but never enter it. Now, I'm not sure if Steve Sarkisian would have stood 10 toes down on that rule. If Worthy would have entered the portal and said, I'm coming back to Texas, I doubt Sark would have been like, no, you can't come back here. But that's neither here nor there. This week, we saw three players announced their intention to enter the transfer portal, Brennan Thompson, Travell Johnson and Derek Brown. And these are all three really talented players. Brennan Thompson, I think was a top uh, 100 player top 150 player at the least. Uh, Derek Brown was a top 300 to 400 player, right? These are players that could go make an impact right now at other universities. But when you look at the positions they play and what we have at the university of Texas, you can make the argument at each position. There's at least five players that have a better path to playing time right now, than Brennan Thompson, Travell Johnson, and Derrick Brown. So let's start with Brendan Thompson. And we thought, based on what we saw at Alabama under Steve Sarkeesian, where he utilized Henry Ruggs and Jalen Waddle's speed to perfection, we thought last year, even in Brennan Thompson's true freshman year, we would see glimpses of that. And we did it, right? He played in nine games last year, red shirt burned, to get one catch for 32 yards. In the Oklahoma State game, we ended up losing, right? He comes in, gets one catch for 32 yards, looks explosive, and they don't go back to him, not only in that game, but for the remainder of the season. And there were reports that, you know, Brendan Thompson was fast, but he needed a lot more polish as a wide receiver. But I think even somebody as Steve Sarkeesian as, you know, this – goaded offensive mind that he's talked about as should find a way to be able to use Brennan Thompson, right? He was the fastest player on the team. Somebody that runs a 10-2, 10-3, like you have to find a way to use that on the field. So regardless of how much polish he had or didn't have as a wide receiver, I thought Brennan Thompson was underutilized. And so it sucks to see him enter the transfer portal. But like I said, I'm not going to go through the wide receiver room, but when you start listing those names, you get to about six or seven before you start mentioning Brennan Thompson. And I think that's a really good problem to have. And I wish him the best of luck in his future endeavors. When you talk about uh, Derrick Brown and Travell Johnson on the defensive side, I know that Travell Johnson was at linebacker. Derrick Brown went back and forth between edge and linebacker. And it's kind of the same situation, right? At edge or at linebacker, I can name, you know, five players that have a better path to playing time on this Texas football team, right? And, you know, they talked about Derrick Brown. Being too small to, to play edge, even though they tried to put him there. So they put him back at linebacker. Trevell Johnson was at linebacker, but all winter and spring. We've heard about Jalen Ford, right? Mo Blackwell, David Benda, Jet Bush, right? Leona LaFowle and Anthony Hill before we've heard about Trevell Johnson and Derek Brown. So it would make sense. For those players, as much as they love the University of Texas, as much as they love Austin to transfer to where they can get more opportunity to showcase their skill sets, because these are all players that can go to another school right now and perform. And it's a really good problem to have at the University of Texas that you can lose three players who I think are really talented and still say this is one of the most talented rosters we've had at the 40 acres in a long time and still say this team should be the overwhelming favorites to win the Big 12 championship this year. Steve Sarkeesian said on the pivot. Year three, this really feels like his team. The way they talk, the way they practice, the way they interact with each other, the speed and physicality, this looks like his team. We all say that this team should win 10 games this year, and we all say they should be in the Big 12 championship game, and it just speaks to the talent and the depth on this football team. When you look at all of the transfers they've lost and all of the players they've lost since the offseason started, whether that be via the NFL draft or the transfer portal, and we still feel like this team is the overwhelming favorite to be the best team in the Big 12 next year. A quick word from Bill Barr, and then we're going to talk about Rodney Terry. Is it time to panic about what's going on with the Texas basketball team right now? Looking for a delicious snack, but don't want all of the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever. Built, you got to try this. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. You got to try this. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, and cookies and cream. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at built.com. So head to the website, head to Sam's Club, head to Walmart, wherever you need to go to get your Built Bars today. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one-selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June thirty, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's All
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary.
0: So let's talk about Rodney Terry and this Texas men's basketball program. And like I said, since the interim tag has been removed from his job title, we have seen five players declare to leave the program, right? Two via the transfer portal, two via... The NBA draft while maintaining college eligibility, so you haven't necessarily lost him yet. And then one AJ Johnson has decided to decommit and go play professional basketball in Australia. And because the hire of Ronnie Terry was so polarizing, it makes almost every conversation surrounding him weird. And I say polarizing because it felt like half of the fan base was in favor of making Ronnie Terry the full-time head coach. And half of the fan base was of the thought process of although he did a really good job, they need to go get a better, more established head coach to come into the 40 acres. Right. Because regardless of how much I like Ronnie Terry, I can't argue the fact that before his interim stint at the University of Texas, he had a 53 percent career winning percentage as a head coach. Right. That's not going to cut it at the University of Texas. So because there's some people that wanted him hired and there's some people that didn't want him hired the conversations around him get really weird. And I think it's more than fair if you didn't think that Ronnie Terry was the best person for the job, right? I think that's more than fair. Where it gets weird is when you start rooting against the university you claim to love and against the basketball program you claim to love. And what I mean by that is if you're pumping your chest when players are leaving the program or bad things are happening, just so you can say, I told you so about Ronnie Terry, that's toxic, right? Regardless of if you thought it was a good hire or not, Ronnie Terry is our head coach, and we should all be supporting Ronnie Terry and we should all be rooting for the best for Ronnie Terry in this Texas men's basketball program. But like I said, it feels like some Texas fans are subconsciously, I'll say subconsciously, rooting against Ronnie Terry in this Texas men's basketball program just so they can say, I told you so. And like I said, that's not it, right? So, five players have left the program, and recruiting is about perception. And right now, the perception is Rodney Terry won all of these games under the infrastructure that Chris Beer created, and now that he has to create his own infrastructure, it looks horrible, right? Because within two weeks of him getting the job, five players have made the decision to leave the program, right? But perception is not always reality. And so we're going to take this opportunity here on Locked on Longhorns to frame the facts. Now, I will say the fact that he has not brought in any players in the transfer portal yet and has lost five players to the program is not a good look, right? Even as the staunchest Rodney Terry supporter, I can admit that us not bringing anybody in and losing five players is a bad look thus far. And the perception is that Ronnie Terry doesn't have control of this program and he can't recruit at an elite level. But like I said, perception is not always reality. So let's go through each one of these situations. Let's start with AJ Johnson, who made the decision to uh, decommit and head to Australia to play professional basketball. And this is something that was always in play with AJ Johnson, even when he committed to the university of Texas. And I don't think that AJ Johnson had the best senior year in terms of basketball. Right. And AJ Johnson has pretty much made it clear whether you're reading between the lines or not that after one year, he expects to be in the NBA, whether that one year was spent in college and the G league playing professionally overseas, he planned to be in one and done. And with his mentor being Jalen Green, right, who did not go the college route, went to the G League out of high school. A.J. Johnson did an interview talking about the development in the NBL between Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball as two young stars in the NBA right now. And he talked about having the freedom to be able to play his game and play loose, right? Playing with more space, playing with more space, playing with more freedom. While college basketball is more about structured offensive sets rather than just giving a ball to your best basketball player and say, go make plays, right? That's what we see in the NBA and professional basketball. We don't see that a lot in college, right? Even last year, we saw, you know, Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, Serge Ibaka, Rice, Timmy Allen, all split, you know, primary decision-making opportunities, primary playmaking opportunities. Well- A.J. Johnson doesn't want to do that, right? He wants to go overseas right now. He wants a coach to put the ball in his hands and say, go make plays like they did with Josh Giddy and LaMelo Ball. He feels like that's his best best path to development to be in the NBA in the 2024 draft. He said in that interview he loves Ronnie Terry and he loves the University of Texas. And if he wanted to go to college, he would go to UT to play under Ronnie Terry. But he decided that the best path for him, based on what his mentor Jalen Green did, what other examples did in terms of LaMelo Ball and Josh Giddy and being able to play his style of basketball rather than having to be a cog in the system at Texas, is the reason he decided to leave. So I don't think you can put that on Ronnie Terry, because Ronnie Terry couldn't offer him what he wanted. Rodney Terry could not offer A.J. Johnson the opportunity to play professional basketball, right? If he would have decommitted and went to Duke or Kentucky, then we can have that conversation. But him deciding to go play professional basketball has a lot more to do with him. So has to do with him not wanting to play for Rodney Terry at the University of Texas. Let's talk about Rowan Brumbaugh. And I'm going to make this really short. Yes, he did decide to transfer and go to Georgetown. Rowan Brumbaugh did not log a stat at the University of Texas last year. Not a minute, not a point, not an assist, not a steal, not a rebound, not a block, right? He did not record a stat last year at the University of Texas. So I don't know. You could say this is a big loss. We don't know what we were getting in Rowan Brumbaugh, right? He had to go into the transfer portal with the strength of his high school tape. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I mean, I think Rowan Brumbaugh is a good player. I think he'll go to Georgetown and have a nice career. But You can't say that Rowan Brumball is a loss to the Texas basketball team when he didn't record a stat last year. And we had games that we won by 50 and 40 points. He did not get in the game. Right. Just saying. When you talk about Dylan Mitchell and Tyrese Hunter, both of them coming into the season were likely to enter the draft after the season. Dylan Mitchell had one and done written all over him. Right. He was the number five prospect coming out of high school with real nba traits and even though we didn't feel like he had the best year at the 40 acres he still showed those nba traits that are going to make him intriguing right he's still one of the 60 best draft prospects in my opinion in the nba draft so him declaring while maintaining his college eligibility doesn't say anything about ronnie Terry because he was an nba prospect and one and done prospect coming in to the university of texas Tyrese Hunter, we've seen, especially at the guard position, the longer you stay in college, the more they knock you down NBA draft boards. I don't even know if if Tyrese Hunter is on an NBA draft board, but we've seen with instances at the 40 Acres, Andrew Jones, Marcus Carr, Serge Barry Rice, right? Players that exhausted their eligibility. We're not even talking about them in their their NBA draft stock, right? Tyrese Hunter went to Iowa State as a freshman, probably expecting to be a one and done, and the season didn't go as he wanted. He came to University of Texas expecting to have a better year and enter the draft after this year, which he did. But he didn't have the type of season he wanted. And so a lot of people are saying, "Okay, well, he should have just came back to the University of Texas. But he probably feels like if I don't go play professional basketball right now, when will I ever go play professional basketball? Because the longer I stay in college, especially if I'm not, you know, expanding my game at a significant level. Right. I think if Tyrese Hunter came back next year, he would be better, but he would still be the exact same player pretty much. You know what I mean? you have to see where the NBA has you right now. And you might have to start your journey in terms of playing professional basketball right now because two years more in college might not benefit him as much as we think it would as fans, right? The NBA might be looking at Tyrese Hunter as a finished product, which means he would need to enter professional basketball right now, whether that be overseas, the G League somewhere and start that process of trying to get to the National Basketball Association. So I don't think Tyrese Hunter or Dylan Mitchell entering entering the NBA draft should have been a surprise or should have been something that should have been an indictment on Ronnie Terry. Now, let's get to Arterio Morris. And I do put this one on Ronnie Terry because it seemed like throughout the season, especially towards the offseason, the NCAA tournament, closer to the offseason, and NCAA tournament, it didn't feel like Ronnie Terry and Arterio Morris had the best relationship. And recruiting is about relationships, right? So that's a relationship that Ronnie Terry had to foster. And it didn't feel like he fostered that relationship. It also felt like we saw the development of Arterio Morris throughout the season i mentioned in his first eight games under chris beard he shot 21 percent from the three-point line and had nine turnovers in eight games since that point under ronnie terry he shot 40 percent from the three-point line and had 14 turnovers in 30 games right he definitely became a lot better college basketball player and we thought with all of the guards we were losing that he could easily step into a starting spot as a true sophomore and be one of the best players on this Texas basketball team for him into for him to enter the transfer portal and decide to do that somewhere else rather than the university of Texas under Ronnie Terry is an indictment on Ronnie Terry. So I will put losing arterial Morris to the transfer portal on Ronnie Terry, the other four players we've lost. I will not put that on Ronnie Terry. And so even though the perception right now is that he can't recruit and he's losing control of this program, That's just the perception right now as we sit here on April 14th. If we come back at this time next week and Dylan DeSue has said he's coming back if Dylan Mitchell or Tyrese Hunter, one of the two or both of the two, have said they're coming back and you bring in players in the transfer portal that you're really high on and in good standing with right now, like Max Amos. They said he's the leader. They say Texas might be the leader right now. And he is the current active leader in points in college basketball. Matthew Cleveland from Florida State. You're in the top five from Caden Shedrick, the big man from Virginia, and you're in the top four for Quincy Oliveri from rice who put 28 points on the university of texas in the moody center in ronnie terry's first game as the interim head coach so right now the perception is bad but a week later we could look at the perception and it could be really good so i think we need to have patience we need to give ronnie terry space and time to build this roster and i think we need to Take a look at it when all of this process is over. Right. And we know what the roster is going to look like instead of looking at it right now and saying, I told you so. And Rodney Terry shouldn't be the head coach of this Texas basketball program, because I think when the dust settles and the smoke clears, this is going to be a really good basketball team heading in to next season. And really quickly, I want to talk about the Texas baseball team. I thought that they would be able to go four and one, even though they kind of got dealt a bad hand, having to play five games in five days against Texas State and Kansas State, respectively. They went two and one against Kansas State, and they split with Texas State. I think ultimately, by the time you got to that fourth, fifth game, you just had too much, you know, pressure, and there was too much taxing of your arms, right? Whether that be your starters or your bullpen, right? You're used to having those days off. And so I think it caught up to them in that last game against Texas State, which I can't remember the final score, but it was something like eight to two, right? It wasn't close and you gave up a lot of runs. Now you're back in big 12 conference play. You've had time off between those games, right? You've had Wednesday and Thursday to rest those arms. And now you face off against a Baylor team that is not great, right? And so I expect the sweep, especially since you dropped the game to Texas State that I was not expecting. And you dropped the game to Kansas State that you should have won. I'm expecting them to get back on track this weekend against a Baylor team and sweep. A Baylor team that is once again not good. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Longhorns, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hook them and peace.
1: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app
0: today.